I'm going to have our junior church kiddos, Brother Keith, go with them. Appreciate it much. A lot goes on in the morning if you let the Lord get a hold of your heart. Look in John chapter 18, please. I appreciate the effort it took for you to be out in a cold morning, one in which it was not particularly easy to get out or comfortable to do so, but you've shown it was important to you to be here, and I appreciate that. I'm glad to have the Word of God, not just some story or entertainment to give you, but the Word of God itself, and thank, thank you that you got to come, got to be a part of things. I we'll speak to you this morning on the purpose of the birth. The purpose of the birth. In John chapter 18, we're looking at one verse there. We're going to be turning to several places in the Bible, but we're going to be looking at this particular verse at the moment. John 18 and verse 37 says, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Understand, this is a time of the mock trial of Jesus Christ. It's called a mock trial because there were a lot of different laws, both of the Jews and of the Romans, that were being violated during this time. And they were having Jesus on trial, but it wasn't actually a trial. They brought him there for the purpose to, to uh, he had been betrayed for the purpose to have him destroyed. And this was already, already something that was in the agenda, but they were going through the outward working so that they could uh, act like they had, uh, they had actually tried to do justice, which they had not. And so that's, that's what's going on. And Pilate uh, is referred to here as a Roman governor and the one who had the power to, to give the execution. And so uh, that's, that's the scenario of what's going on. Look again at verse 37. Pilate therefore said unto him, unto Jesus, Art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I unto the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. The songwriter Ron Hamilton penned these words, God never moves without purpose or plan. It's a great and compelling truth put into very understandable words. The life of Jesus Christ is bookended by statements that verify all that Jesus came to do, He did do. And everything that he did, he did purposefully. Our God is a purposeful God. If we're going to be godly people, then our life needs to be a purposeful life following the Lord. And that purpose needs to be directed by the Scripture itself. We want to be a people who have a biblically founded faith. A lot of times this time of year, especially there's a lot to talk about, People of faith, that can mean almost anything, any belief, any creed, any God that they'd be serving. I never identify myself as a person of faith because of the ambiguity of it. It doesn't mean anything in particular. When I talk about faith, I'm talking about faith in the person revealed in the Bible whose name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I believe that the Bible is God's Word. I believe that Jesus is God's Son. I believe that those who are born again by His grace, who have accepted Christ upon their understanding of their helpless condition before God and have come to Christ in true faith, 
I believe that they are the children of God. And so I want to have, and I want us to have, I want us to think of having a biblically founded faith. And a biblically founded faith comes back always to this Bible. Therefore, no man can be elevated to a position beyond where he should be. There will be no greatness attributed to someone beyond what the Bible says that we should think of men and the honor that's due to those who are to receive honor. But yet we would realize that God is the author and finisher of our faith and thank God for it. The statement we read bookends the life of Christ Jesus here facing uh, the crucifixion says to the Roman governor something about his birth. Isn't that odd in a way? He's, getting, he's on this fake trial. This fellow's in front of him. All the, all the attentions upon this. And then Jesus harkens back to why I came. He says, to this end was I born. He says, this is why I came. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I unto the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And then Pilate had a problem like a lot of folks do today, doesn't he? His next statement was, what is truth? And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people right now uh, that you have great opportunity for. And I've even been conversant uh, this past two weeks with uh, two people now in our church who've run into the same thing. And I'm telling you, it's, it's there. There are many people with all the information that's available, all the things that are coming to people, all the different perspectives people are getting. People are saying, what is truth? And there's a great open door we have right now, those of us, and I say we, I'm talking about those of us who are Bible-believing people, we have a great opportunity to do a lot of good in a lot of lives if we'll just keep our eyes open and, and just have sense enough to hear some people and talk to some people and uh, through the love of Christ tell them about the Savior and uh, why He came, who He is, and what He does. And uh, thank God for it. Uh, I'm telling you, God's given us great opportunity. Other statement that kind of bookends the life of Christ found back in Luke. Look back in Luke chapter 9. When, when he was getting ready to be crucified, he told Pilate, for this purpose was I born. I'm here because this is why I came to this earth. Back earlier in Luke chapter 9 verse 28, we have what is called the Mount of Transfiguration. That's a term that man's given to it. The word transfigured is a Bible word. It means a change of form, transfigured to go across the figure of the form. And Jesus Christ appeared in His glorified form. In fact, gave a preview, as He had promised eight days earlier, to some of His disciples. Some of them would not die until they had seen the Son of Man in His glory. And He did that eight days later up on this mountain when two people, still living in glory, but not yet, not, no longer here on this earth, Moses and Elijah, appeared with Jesus, and Jesus was changed over, much like His appearance shows up at the beginning of the book of Revelation where His glorified form is there. That's what's going on. Look in verse 28. came to pass about an eight days after these sayings, He took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as He prayed, the fashion of His countenance was altered. His raiment was white and glistering. And behold, there talked with Him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory, look at this phrase, and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. The accomplishment of his decease. In other words, they said Jesus was talking about how he would accomplish dying. This is what I'm going to do with my death. When he was going to be crucified, 
He looks at Pilate and he says, this is the reason I was born. Why? Because he was born with the purpose of dying for a purpose. And whether it was birth or death, every moment he lived on this earth, those three and a half years of public ministry, about 33 and a half years of earthly life, while Christ was here, there was a purpose in what he was doing. There was a purpose in his death. There was a purpose in his resurrection. There was a purpose in the 40 days he spent on the earth after his resurrection. There was a purpose to him ascending back to heaven. And he has a purpose for our lives today. I got to thinking about that. And I thought, well... Lord, what do you want your people to have? Uh, look, I'm going to tell you something here. Keep both eyeballs open. You're kind of fading on me. There we go. Uh, I, I don't go saying, Lord, help, I need a Christmas sermon. I think all of you who know me, I just don't do that. That's not the way I work. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a uh, holiday-triggered preacher. It's just not the way it works. But I, as I went, as I always do, and say, Lord, what do your people need this week? What is best for them? This is where I was led. What is the purpose of the birth? Why did Christ come? You know, have you seen the thing? It's a little, now it's so trite, it's almost painful to say it even. People say Jesus is the reason for the season. Wasn't that original? And uh, uh, it's one of those things, you talk something more in threadbare uh, by its usage and it's on all sorts of things. But why did Christ come? Why would God actually take upon himself the form of a man? And subject himself to the things that Christ went through while he was on this earth. Everything from hunger to rejection of, by the people he loved the most. Zechariah told us that he said he was wounded in the house of his friends. Why would he do what he did? God's very clear about it and he's very uh, concise about it. And I'm going to, I'm going to intend, <laughs> intend to be both of those this morning with it. We're going to consider two things. First of all, I want you to consider Jesus' carefully um, stated purpose for His birth. That's back in uh, John 18, verse 37. To this end was I born. To what end? To, to the end that came to Calvary. To the end that came to Him being butchered. Why? Because we were lost. We said it from this pulpit on numerous occasions. Jesus didn't need Calvary. Jesus didn't need the resurrection. He did not do it for Himself. Christ had no sins to forgive. He had nothing that needed expunged from the record of heaven. It was us. It was me. It was you. We needed what He had. For this end, I was born. Why? I came to accomplish something. He didn't come to set up a kingdom at that time. He didn't come to overthrow the Roman government and get rid of its oppression. He didn't come to establish himself as a great name upon the earth. He came for a singular purpose, and that was to live a life that showed who he was and to die in accordance with the Bible so that he could be the substitution for us. I uh, said to my Sunday school class, people sometimes say, well, I believe... I can lose my salvation. Well, may I say to you this morning, may I submit to you, if it is indeed your salvation, you're right, you can lose it. Because that term, my salvation, indicates that you are the, you are the purchaser thereof. That it was your righteousness which caused it to be. But what of the salvation which is of Christ? What about His righteousness and not our own? What about His goodness and not ours? 
Most man will proclaim every man his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. It's hard to find faithful people, but you can find some. Thank God for it. There are faithful people. I'm glad. I'm glad for people who are faithful to their families. I'm glad people are faithful to their work. I'm glad for people who are faithful to what they believe. And there are some, and those are encouraging. But if faithfulness is so rare, perfect righteousness is non-existent outside of Christ. That was part of Israel's problem. They going about to establish their own righteousness and not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And the worst perversity of that is they used God's Word to try to establish their own righteousness. They knew all the laws. They knew all the rules. And they said, look how good we are at keeping those. Look how righteous we are. And God said, you're missing the point. The point is how righteous I am and that you need me. And so what happened was, for this reason, he said, I came into the world because we're broken people. You know, being a pastor for 30 years does several things for you. Gray hair is one of them. Um, but the other thing it does, you get to see a lot of the variety of things in people. Uh, some things that maybe other people in another situation would only get glimpses of every now and then you see on a regular basis just because you deal with so many different people. And uh, you see blessings. I mean, things that people do behind the scene to be kind to one another, to help one another, to, uh, to serve the Lord. You see people in their, in, in their desire to want to know the Lord and their struggles even in their weaknesses. And it's an encouragement. It really is. It's thank God. You can see that God's working in people's lives. You can see that God's touching people. You can see that people are, are actually being dealt with by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God. I wasn't surprised this morning you kind of lost it while you were singing that wife, because that thing hit while we were singing the choir special. It hit up here with it. And uh, every now and the Lord just visits us around here. And uh, I hope that you're open to God visiting you. And, and so what happens is, uh, you see that. As a pastor, you see the fact that all of us need the Lord. Uh, I've had men talk to me before, also in the ministry, and they say, you know, does it get wearing seeing the struggles and you know, the best of people and the best of families have struggles and problems and things and that you know there's there's a there's a weariness to that because just the hurt that's with it but it's not surprising not if you actually are a bible believer because the bible told us what our condition is it told us our need it told us how great our god is that he would meet us that he would come to our point of need that He would love us, not because we're lovable, not because of our virtue, but because of who He is. And so the purpose of His birth, He came. What is the purpose of the birth? For this cause came I into the world. Why? To give Himself. Because there had to be a sacrifice for all by one. As by man death entered into the world, sin by death, death by sin rather, even so by man. What? Life. Through Jesus Christ. Then uh, looking at it, there's a purpose of His birth. Jesus had a purpose to it. And then, that birth means something to us personally. Let me show you a few verses in this, if you would. Now forgive, forgive me up here having to snort a little. I don't have a cold or anything, but as you well know, going in and out of these temperatures, turns on the faucet sometimes, doesn't it? Let me say these statements to you and follow them, if you will. Our natural birth has a purpose in God's economy. Remember, God's purposeful. Do you, uh, you ladies there on the front row, 
you decide to go to church today, right? So you got up this morning, you knew it was Sunday, uh, you knew it was Lord's Day, you knew you were going to come to church, but so you made a decision. You could have done that thing, but you decided to come to church. So you had a purpose come to the house of the Lord this morning. Under, you got up this morning, you're going to go to church. Okay, it's your church, you're like being in church. You made a decision of purpose to be there. That's the idea that your birth, even your, your natural birth had a purpose. You say, uh, not me, preacher. I'll tell you what, nobody actually wanted me. And I was a surprise. Oh, you didn't surprise God. He wasn't caught off guard by you. He didn't say, well, I declare where where'd that one come from. He knew you were there. He, uh, he, he knows that about you. There's a purpose. Look at Colossians 1. There's a purpose to our natural birth. Colossians chapter 1. Look in verse 16. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. There's the purpose. We are made for God. I said to you earlier, and uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, the purpose of this church is to please the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our existence. That's why we're here. That's everything about what we're doing. Each thing that we do. When we're together, gathered as a church, and when we're scattered in this particular church, this particular congregation, baptized believers go out into all the different areas, different counties you live in, different places you live in, the different things you're involved in. Our purpose is to please the Lord. Why? Because all things were made by Him and for Him and by Him were all things created. They were created, why? For His pleasure. So God's purpose, your birth, your natural birth, when I was born on September 14th of 1964, there was a purpose attached to that birth. You say, oh, well, it's to be a preacher. Now that's what my calling is in my life. But my purpose is to please God. There were those few weeks uh, after my head injury where I couldn't preach. I could not stand and preach the Word of God. And I've been blessed to not have to miss services because of the illness over the years and different things. But for a while, I could not preach. I could not stand. I could not be in front of the congregation. I could not lead the congregation in the ways that I did. And was dependent upon people who, thank God, were dependable to carry on things. But listen, my job during that time was to please God. Doesn't matter all the other circumstances. Whatever it is we're doing. The purpose of maybe somebody says, Well, I wonder why I was born. To please God. Now, the only thing you're going to have the excitement of finding out is what filled in the blanks. What's that look like? Now, we know the basic things, but the individual things, you get to find that out. You get to find out as you go along. Have you ever seen a kid, sometimes they're overly influenced by adults who want them to make a, you know, some kind of career decision early in life? And they, you know, they're 12 years old and they're all upset because they can't figure out what they want to do with their life. Well, how about, how, about, uh, how about cleaning up your room today? That'd be a major thing, all right? How about, how about, no, not a good idea. Hunter knows that's not the will of God for him right there, all right? <laughs> if that was emphatic. No, I know that wasn't in the plan. Um, <laughs> but what, what about, uh, uh, they overthink it. No, what about today? Do what you do today. Well, love the Lord today. 
And let him guide you step by step, day by day with it. And so what's the purpose? Our natural birth has a purpose in God's economy. Then secondly, let me say to you, our spiritual or second birth is essential to accomplishing God's purpose in the life which began at the natural birth. I was born in 1964, but I wasn't complete. And I'm not saying I've arrived, I have everything together, but I wasn't complete in, in what I should be until 1980 when I received Christ. Because I was yet dead in my trespasses and sins. And I needed the Lord, even as each of us need the Lord. Look in Romans chapter 8 and look at this in, in the light of what does it mean as far as, a, uh, as, as our birth? What, what's the purpose? So why was I born? Well, somebody said, well, I was born to do this, or born to do that. that may have, you may be right on track and be doing exactly what you ought to be doing with your life, but you were born to please God. If I filled the office of a pastor and I did not personally worship, personally worship, that's worship, um, but did not personally worship the Lord, I would be in the right vocation, but I would not be fulfilling the purpose, which is pleasing. Honey, sit straight. I don't know what you're doing. Sit still. You hurt me just watching that. Put your feet underground. Sit right. There you go. I never came back and moved that much. You look like a candy cane for a minute there. Um, so while I am doing whatever vocation, my purpose is to please God. Romans reveals to us in Romans 8 the fact that to do that fully, I had to know the Lord as my Savior. I, uh, it's essential. It's not, it's not optional. In fact, that's why Jesus said you must be born again. Romans chapter 8, look at it in context of this. Verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh. In other words, we had to obey it. That's where the weakness is. God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And so when Christ came to dwell in us, that second birth the Bible explains uh, when we receive Christ as our Savior. What happens is our natural birth, now there's a second birth which allows us to be pleasing to God. What's the purpose of the birth? What's the purpose of the birth? God has a purpose in it. By the way, that's why uh, somebody says, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll just receive the Lord and I'll go on. Well, that, that shows, that they're not even comprehending really what's going on with that. The birth has a purpose. I think every loving and caring 
parent, while they would not try to live their child's lives for them, that's, that's manipulative and not, not, not charity, while we would not try to live our children's lives for them, uh, we, have, we have good dreams. Not that they would achieve a certain level of what's called success, not of those things, but uh, a desire for them to, if uh, for Christian parents, that they would know the Lord in a true and, and loving relationship. That they would have the integrity in their life that God would want. That they would choose a way of godliness and not a way of destruction and sinful behavior. These are, these are desires. When they're little, we think of those things. We wonder about them, wonder what they'll be. <laughs> Every now and then, you know, it's whimsical, isn't it? Wonder what they'll be. Sometimes it's, wonder what they'll be. <laughs> and sometimes it's the same child in the same day that you get those two reactions on. But what is it? There's a purpose of the birth. There's a desire. There's a heart's yearning towards, uh, towards what they will become. Uh, God's our, our Heavenly Father. He has a heart's desire for us. Exciting thing to me when I preach the Bible is I know God has a, has, a, has a plan for you higher than anything you know for yourselves. God has a purpose for you. He has something for you. And he's, he, he, as a heavenly father, he desires for you to know him and to go forward. Thank God for it. I'm glad for every bit of it. And then not only does our natural birth have a purpose, and not only does our second birth, our spiritual birth, allow us into that purpose, but God has a purpose and the life began at our spiritual birth or our second birth. I've been talking to you about that. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, the passage which some of you will know well, but look at Ephesians chapter 2. Don't let being familiar with something never rob you of the blessing of learning from it. Ephesians chapter 2. Read a passage to you, the last verse of which often is not put in context with the other two verses. And it's great, a great chapter to study on. But it talks about salvation and the basis of salvation being the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look in verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. You've exercised that faith. God's given you the capacity for and placed it on Jesus Christ. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. How many of you have received some kind of gift here recently? Yeah, I've got some nice gifts. How many of you given gifts recently? Right. There's just a few of you who are kind of like having that thing being in Crooksville or not. You don't know. There we go. So you had to be here Wednesday to appreciate that. All right. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Why? Lest any man should boast. But they're in there. That's glorious by itself. It's not the end of it. It's not even the end of that thought. Look at verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. He said, you've been born with a purpose. You were the creative part where you were born is to please God. Now you've been born again. There's a purpose in that. You're supposed to do something with it. You're supposed to do something for the Lord with it. You have the opportunity to serve the Lord and do something for the Lord. And day by day, you get to learn what that is. And day by day, you get to grow in it. And day by day, you get to find out. Some days you'll go, okay, yesterday wasn't such a success. Let's start again today. And let me learn to walk with the Lord day by day. 
When we do that, it's pretty amazing what God does with things. And that brings me to the final thing. It is our privilege and duty to willingly make God's purpose our own purpose. Not to have our own purpose fit in and get God's endorsement, but to make God's purpose our purpose. This book tells me God's purpose. I learn about it. And then I am to take that and take that and make that my own. Okay, here's what God wants, so here's what I want to do. Here's what He says He wants done, so I want to be a part of that. And so as we do that, it affects everything in our living. I take you to another familiar passage in Romans. Look in Romans chapter 12. What's the purpose of the birth? The purpose of Jesus' birth was He came to the world to seek and to save that which was lost. There was a reason, as you find Romans 12, as I find Romans 12, there was a reason why on bloody Calvary, Jesus could say, it is finished. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be talking to somebody and they say, well, I just want to be better. I'm like, well, how do you know when you're better? Well, I just want to be spiritual. What does that mean? What does that look like? And it's funny, sometimes people are shooting, well, I want to do this. Well, what is that? Well, I don't know. That's going to be hard to attain. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. Where are you going? I don't know. I, I don't know. When are you leaving? I don't know. You, you, there has to be a purpose in what you do. Christ, when he was on the cross, the reason he could say it is finished is because he knew why it started. He came and he had fulfilled everything he was supposed to do. The way of salvation was finished. The way of righteousness was finished. The, the uh, requirements of the law were finished. They were fulfilled. The opening of true righteousness was finished. The way between God and man was open. It was finished. And when Christ cried out, it is finished, He was able to do so because He had fulfilled the purpose of His birth. In fact, just a little while before that, He had said to Pilate, like we read, for this purpose came I. He said, here's why I came. Then on the cross, he said, it is finished. Well, Romans chapter 12 tells us how that fits in with us. As Christ had given himself as a sacrifice on our behalf and a sacrifice who died on our behalf, he said, now, I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you to live as a day by day in a living sacrifice. Verse 1 of Romans 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. You see that? What's the basis of him asking this? God's mercies. Where were God's mercies most shown? On Calvary. He gave Himself for us. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God has every right to expect this of us. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Look at the, look at the language of this. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? He said, uh, do this so you can show God's will and God's purpose in your living. You prove it day by day. You're talking, uh, somebody you talked to this week, and they'd ask you a question. You're talking about how much information you would have to give them to fully answer that question. Sometimes we think that by... Uh, careful argument or laying out of facts a certain way that we prove a point. No, it's fine to lay out facts. It's fine, especially to give Scripture to people. 
It's a good thing to do. But do you know what really proves things? Is when people see it lived. That really seals it. You know, there's a lot of people can argue doctrine, theology, technicalities, a bunch of stuff with you. And, uh, but the one thing that's just so solid is a life that actually has lived for the Lord. And the proving comes in in the acting of it. And the proving comes in in the day-by-day living and growing. And by the way, that's, uh, that's respected by those who are close to you. That's respected by those who actually know your life and your living. Because they know that, uh, oh, they'll know your flaws. They'll know your weak areas. But they'll also know whether you're serious about going forward. They'll also know that you're serious about doing something to go forward in your life, not just talking about it. So what's the purpose of the birth? You have a purpose when you're born. God has a purpose for you. Or some people get a hold of that. I think people would be a lot less likely to be pulled into a lot of things that are damaging to them if they just understood there's a purpose for them. But more than that, when we accepted Christ, there's a purpose for us. He has something for you. He wants to do something with you. On a day-by-day basis. Not he wants to do something for some person you heard of, or he wants to do something for some well-known person. He wants to do something with and for you. Christ came purposefully. His birth was magnificent in the fulfillment of the prophecies attached to it. It was impeccable in what God did and His timing. In the fullness of time, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. In the fullness of time. Christ came at the right time. He came at the right place. He came for the right reason. Thank God He not only did that originally at Bethlehem when He came to this earth, but He did it to our lives too. He comes to you and says, follow me. Follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. Follow me. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. I will give give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me and you shall find rest unto your souls. Because there's a purpose to the birth. May God help you to have a hunger for that purpose. Let me pray with you this morning. Father, I've done my best to try to be clear. I pray you'll take your word beyond what my words are capable of conveying. Lord, may there be true conviction in people's hearts. Lord, have I spoken this morning into the ears of those who don't know you? God, would you send them the conviction that they need you? Lord, may they be willing to accept your righteousness and not depend on their own. Father, I ask you for those who claim your name and know you, that you know them. They are your children. God, may they have a confidence and a growth in their life Lord, to follow what purposes of the birth. Lord, may it just uh, be clear to people. May we do honor to you with our living. Thank you for your many mercies towards us and thank you for your love that stays with us. God, may we be loving to you, please, in every action we have. Let's stand together, please, with our heads bowed. There's no one disturbing or talking to your neighbor. Serious part of the service. Christ did come with the purpose to seek and to save that which was lost. I was one of those that was lost. It was a good day when God showed me I had the need of Him.
in repentance and faith, by repentance meaning I understood I needed God, that I was unrighteous in my own life. I didn't know all the Bible terminology, but I knew I had a need of Him. And faith, trusting that Christ had given Himself in my behalf, and then what He did was enough. I didn't have religious words to use. I hadn't been raised in church. I didn't have the religious language. As best as I understood, I asked Christ to be my Savior. I acknowledged Him. I confessed Him with my mouth. I acknowledged the fact that I needed Jesus Christ. On that good day back in 1980, Christ did a wonderful thing. In His mercy, He saved me. What He gave unto me was eternal life. I give you my testimony because... God wants to deal with you. Do you know Christ as your Savior? Not do you agree to some religious creed. Not do you agree with some historical perspective. But do you believe that Jesus was actually butchered for you? Do you believe that He rose in power for you?